Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathan. With me today I have... Justin. Heyo. Emily. Hello. Nicole. What's up? And a very special guest for the winter episode, Dawson. What's up, sluts? (laughs) (laughs) We are a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Uh, usually at this point, I say at the end of every episode, we I name a village idiot, but last week I didn't, because we're doing something something different this week. This week, we are going to be taking part on a winter-themed episode, one-shot thing. <laughs> so yeah, the next three episodes are a very special winter-themed event before we get into season two. So we are going to be doing a level 20 one-shot to wrap up 2020 and the garbage fire of a year it has been. (laughs) Understatement of the century. Yeah, right. So to kick things off, let's have everyone uh, describe their characters. Everyone roll initiative for me. Oh, uh, what is that, a d20? 18. That's going to be a sweet, sweet five. I got a 10. (laughs) 19 for me. Fuck you, Justin. All right, Justin. I did not mean to. <laughs> Let's, uh, who's your character? My character, before I name them, quick side note is, uh, imagine a 1970s eccentric, androgynous rock god, basically. <laughs> Mark Bolin meets David Bowie, <laughs> and they are named Twiggy Novalust, and their band, the Giant Spiders from Tor. Novalust is incredible. I love that. That's very good. That's the end of the podcast. That's all we needed. Thanks, y'all. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We came here to make that joke, and that's it. So I'm a level 20 bard, class of glamour, because of course, insert gif of glitter spraying everywhere. And um so they them, uh Twiggy is human. Maybe true neutral ish kind of we'll see what happens they've been claiming they've been 26 each year since their 26th birthday but they're actually 31 (laughs) uh they're six foot tall slender blue eyes black hair very glamorous oh my god you do this so much they dress in a military ish kind of style like a stage military style like Sergeant Pepper's meets Think My Chemical Romance Black Parade. <laughs> yeah, sure. The Black Parade. I love that song. Dope. What's their class? Bard. Oh, you, you said, said bard. bard. You said that. Bard. A I was like, bard, God, yeah. I feel like I still didn't hear the word bard. Just because you don't remember doesn't mean that everyone else didn't hear it. I just <laughs> hear ocean noises when it's not about me. Ocean yeah. man. I got you. <laughs> Well, speaking about something that's not about you, Nicole, you want to go into your character? (laughs) Yeah, so my character's name is Lottie Thornburn. You heard that right. Another Thornburn in this podcast. She, her pronoun. Level 20 rogue. She's a halfling. She's a criminal. She is a member of the Violet Rose which is a criminal organization out of the barony of Talaria, and she is chaotic neutral. She's number three on the mantle's most wanted list. 
Yeah. That's very important. I'm proud of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a, a high honor. Is is that a borough <laughs> thing or is that like an Alari thing? Per borough or the whole? Well, they would have them by, by boroughs, but if it's on the Mantle's most wanted list, like not on Fellow's most wanted list or like the Archive's most wanted list, then that's continent-wide. Ah. So, uh, yeah. So that'll bring us to Dawson. What? Hi. Who? What? Who? Who is your character? My character is Maliketh. They are a um, soldier from the Yunti race. Um, they were an officer, uh, and they have left that for more adventuring. They are a level 20 cleric, and just kind of like an all-round badass they're they're kind of badass about healing really good in a fucking fight um and they you know they're a little hard-boiled but you know once you once you get under the shell and become one of their people they will protect you with all of the venom in their fangs and all of the strength of their mace bingo bongo i love that all right emily who you got oh uh sorry first uh malekith what is their alignment uh true neutral and i'm sorry i missed lottie's alignment chaotic neutral gotcha i should have guessed it's a rogue i I choose it always because i was gonna go chaotic evil but like the last time i tried to play an evil character i ended up being really nice and i just suck at it so i feel like chaotic (laughs) neutral is the ultimate dnd cop out (laughs) it is absolutely speaking of introducing iris (laughs) (laughs) So Iris is a chaotic neutral <laughs> character, because again, caught oh. out on that. She is a water genasi warlock. So Iris grew up in a very uh, nice family. She had everything she could ever want, and then at 16 years old, she ran away because fuck that, she wanted to be a pirate. <laughs> she ended up wandering into a shade pocket and making a deal with a demon. And now she is a warlock, and thanks to that demon and the uh, lovely magic he gave her, she was able to accomplish her dreams, and now she is a pirate of the high seas and has everything that she traded, literally everything she had away to be a pirate and to be a captain of her own ship, uh, which is called the Sapphire Dream, by the way. The ship is painted sapphire color. Uh, because she wants everyone to see her coming. She is absolutely ridiculous. Her skin color is teal. Her hair is black. Her eyes are like a deep, dark blue, you know, like the ocean. Um, no last name. Genasis generally don't have last names. And she uh, packed of the chain. That is important. The other important thing is that she does have an animal familiar. It is a parrot. A blue parrot that sits on her shoulder, and his name is Charlie, and it will be voiced by Nathan. Oh, Charlie. Hi. That's such a name. So you're welcome, the world. This is my Christmas present to all of you, my winter present to all of our listeners. I'll be <laughs> playing the role of Charlie this evening. <laughs> Side note, Sapphire Dream is my drag name. Uh- yes. <laughs> Yes, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Side note, I just looked up what a water genasi looks like, and just like the Google images, 
fuck girl you are beautiful <laughs> uh, yeah they're uh, dope as hell she basically if you can think of like Isabel from uh, the Dragon Age series she was a pirate that kind of vibe is very yeah she's very basically she's my dream girl I basically made my dream girl and I'm terrified of Dawson's race <laughs> <laughs> you should be we're venomous bitches <laughs> Yes. Oh, I guess I didn't do that. I didn't describe what Malekith looks like. But he That's fair. They are a Yunti uh with a snake head and scales that run down their shoulders and down their spine. They have a tail that they keep wrapped around their waist most of the time, and then the rest of their body is very human. Their eyes are a yellow with slit pupils, reptilian pupils. Their scaling is a black color that when the light hits it, has a sort of rainbow sheen to it. Sort of like an oil slick. Oh, love that. Oh, my God. I want you to pop up. I am like actually terrified of snakes in real life. So like, (laughs) this is so fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you waited until we started recording to tell us that. Excellent. Next time someone comes on here, if they make a bird character, then I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I I am shocked at the fact that Emily has a bird familiar because Homegirl does not like birds. They freak okay, her listen, out. I respect birds. I respect birds. I, I'm no, not I'm afraid actually terrified of birds. Of birds. <laughs> but I, do, I, do, I think they're beautiful. I think they're lovely. I love to look at birds, but like being in close proximity to birds just reminds me that they are dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, they can fuck my shit up. Like, but I mean, there's I just respect that. There's really no reason to be afraid of them because birds aren't real. Because That's we fair. know birds are mm-hmm. just the replacement spy drones. They work for the bourgeoisie. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're invented by the government. All the real birds were killed by wind turbines. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yep. Yes. Is this a good time to tell you all that this is a, an exclusively bird-based campaign? I will murder yes. you if there are multiple kankus. I'm just saying. It's a kanku. It's a bird character. I can assure you there are no kanku. Um, Charlie Bibmeat. Kanku is like a bird person. Oh, that's right. That's in. right. That's right. Yes. That's why I'm... Yeah. Yes. Is a group of kankus called the murder of kankus? Uh, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it should be gotta put that on the website yeah so anyway let's get to it to it to it to it to it uh you all iris twiggy lottie and malekith are all on iris's boat the sapphire dream and you are heading to the southern continent in lanamora called Eluse. so you are heading to Eluse right now and you are on a mission. You have been contracted by a contact that is dealing with uh, something that they call the Anomaly, capital A. And they have been investigating it and been looking into it for quite a long time, and they've been kind of handling things up till now, but they want it gone for good, and they had to call in the best to get it gone. So you are currently on your way you are sailing in the, the Southern Ocean to Eluse, and you are heading for a settlement called Don Ankmil. So, what would you all like to do? You're sailing. Sailing on a boat. Perhaps uh, Iris would like to describe the boat, her ship. 
Yes. Um, okay, so the Sapphire Dream. It's basically um so it's painted like a, a deep dark blue color, uh, so that when it's out at sea you can't see it. But obviously when it's right up on it, obviously it's a beautiful ship, you can see it immediately. Uh so it serves two purposes. <laughs> so she can show off and also hide. On the front bow of it, it's got basically um a lot of like banners and things around it because we we recently were trying to get into a port and she likes to make the boat look fancy when we go places so that nobody really knows that she is a pirate technically not supposed to be here she does have the uh, ability of um or the feature bad reputation so she is able to get away with like petty crime because people are generally afraid of me in ports they've heard of me and know my crimes but She's kind of got it gussied up and she's got her crew that are, you know, cleaning and making it look nice for a, for our arrival at this point. So she's just trying to look presentable. Nice. Malekith would likely, because we're already on the boat, so Malekith would likely be below deck because he's not, like, they don't have the best relationship with humans. Um, and uh, they are a seven foot tall snake headed person. So they tend to kind of keep to themselves unless they are, you know, out adventuring. But when it, when it comes to like downtimes and like being around a lot of humans, they tend to be a little bit more reclusive. I'm kind of the same way, except instead of being below deck, I would probably like to be up in like the crow's nest if there is one. Yeah. Lottie likes to be able to survey her surroundings at all times because she's very edgy, like always on edge. So like, but I also don't. She's so edgy. I'm I'm so edgy. I just, I'm very mistrustful of people. So like, I don't want to be around them either, but I need to be able to like see all what's going on so you're up in the crow's nest but you're actually on top of like the mast instead of like <laughs> sitting in the the actual bucket of the crow's nest yeah i'm also i have a napoleon complex because i'm a halfling so i like to be up really high <laughs> nice. um sure. roll me a perception check lottie 15 there's a lot of mist and fog out right now as you're getting um Further and further south, it's getting pretty cold and there's a lot of, um, you know, your vision is pretty obscured right now. But you think that you see some shapes moving in the fog, not too far away from where the Sapphire Dream is. I... And then you, I mean, you you, you look and you, you think you see something, but then it's like the next second there's like nothing there. Okay, so then I'm not... You're not sure if it was something or if it was just swirlings of the mist. Okay, so then I'm not going to mention anything, like call out to anybody then. Yep. And I noticed nothing with my 22 passive. What are you doing? Yeah, where are you? I mean, are you below deck or are you on the main deck? I would like to think that I am on deck in a hammock. Being fed and having my wine held by my mage hand, my cantrip mage hand. Uh, okay. That's the best use of mage hand I've ever heard. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, it's I would good. also like to use 
dancing lights, my another cantrip, uh, to create four torch-sized lights around me. So it kind of gives that a nice ambiance. Mood lighting. You gay dramatic bitch. I love it. <laughs> love it. Perfect. Um, so from your yes, I allow that. All of that happens. Um, from <laughs> no rolls. This is happening. No. Yeah, no rolls. Uh, that's fine. It's perfect. Um, you gain. Uh, oh yeah, you all have like max hero points too. So I was going to give you more, but. Um, have we explained to Dawson what hero points are? And no, maybe we it's haven't. a good time to refresh the audience. Okay. For all of you listening at home, uh, this being a homebrew podcast, I made some rules so that I get more cinematic moments out of my players. And it has worked pretty well thus far. And one of those things is hero points. So the way hero points work is you, each player has a pool of hero points that they can draw from to bolster their roles these are all level 20 characters so you have 20 hero points one hero point can give you plus two to any role that you make and you can use multiple hero points in a role and you can use it after you've rolled but before you know the outcome of the role for instance if oh i don't know someone were in the crow's nest trying to see what was happening uh out in the distance they could uh, use some of their hero points to bolster their 15 perception roll uh, to see what was going on. Just a hypothetical. Because I totally forgot about the hero point thing. <laughs> Always. Plus I thought 15 was pretty good already anyway. We're level 20 at this point. Like a 15 roll is nothing. That's garbage. Listen, That's rookie numbers. I have mm-hmm. a zero wisdom so that, that tracks. Yeah, you were just you were just playing to your character strengths. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. It was a hypothetical anyway. I wasn't singling anyone out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, if let's if this hypothetical character, let's call her Lottie, um, <laughs> had they decided to use two of their hero points, they would gain plus four to their roll of fifteen. I see you, Nathan. I see you, and I'm coming for you. Now with a 15, you're not. <laughs> Can't see you, Kevin. <laughs> Why is everyone getting up on me? So, I've, I've, I've been the nicest I have ever been in my life. I have not said a word. Leave I'm a guest in the house. alone. Okay. So yeah, that's how your points work. You can also use it for um, to trade for gold, but you all are at so high a level now. Gold isn't really going to matter. It's really more for I'm the lower levels. I'm a pirate. Levels. I have so much gold. Fight me on that. Okay. It's in my background. I'm the number three most wanted thief in all of the Lanamoran world, so... I have gold. It means nothing to Yeah, we're not worrying about gold, but it's another thing that hero points can do. So anyway, from your vantage point in your hammock, in repose, Twiggy, uh, you don't see anything, even with a 22 passive perception. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> you said it was out into the mist right, right. not yeah, like right around from, us yeah from your high vantage point you were able to see it but if you were on the the main deck you you need to have like eagle eyes to be able to see through the mist if it even was anything other than mist i was just thinking about that thing where the blind sense that i have if it's within 10 feet of me but it wouldn't have been it would have been farther out yeah dozens of feet maybe hundreds who knows mm. Just saying. 
And also being in the uh, crow's nest or on the mast, you would be more than 10 feet above the water anyway. So even if they were close to the boat, I don't know that you'd be able to see it. True, true, true. I'm reaching at this point. You're a, you're a halfling, aren't you always reaching? <laughs> now, now Dawson has joined in on the gang, and now every gang's all here. Everyone's <laughs> done it. You know, <laughs> just everyone's coming for me. I get it. I get it. Uh, so Iris, you doing anything? You are you manning the helm? Do you are yes. you the helmsman, or do you have a helmsman? I have a helmsman, but I am I'm standing close by. She would be standing on the deck, uh, like in a very strong stance, with her feet shoulder width apart and her arms crossed. She's got a parrot on her shoulder. Uh, her first mate, Robbie, who is a uh, he is a, a tiefling that she encountered uh, when she first got the Sapphire Dream, and he said that he wanted to see the world, and she was like, all right. And uh, he is a lovely person, however. Uh, he's not the brightest, but she would still trust him with literally the entire boat. Um, in, my, in my notes. <laughs> Justin, uh, you know who I'm thinking of right now, name included, right? Okay. In my notes, I have written himbo. Yes. Period. You literally <laughs> just described my GBF, like, to a T. <laughs> mm. The name included. Like, not even kidding Perfect. I love it. I love that. I, I do know what you're talking about, and that's very funny. I want and now to it's listen canon. to this now so It is bad. now canon. This is Robbie the Tiefling. He would be a Tiefling, too. I'm not going to lie. Send me a picture of him so I can keep doing this. I will. <laughs> so yeah, she she's standing on the deck. She's got her her first mate close by, and the helm's been going, and she's kind of just watching everything. She's got an eye on Twiggy, um, <laughs> little confused, but kind of down with it. Uh, and then she <laughs> she does. I will say she she saw um, Lottie scurry up the pole earlier uh and did, pole. i can't see her now like can't because she's above the thing so like that obviously like she's a not euphemism it is she's not like in the crow's nest she's not like so she i will say she's probably looking around for lottie to make sure she's okay or doing not getting into anything weird do, do you want to roll a perception yes. just to see if you can find her i have a 17 passive but yes that's Are you trying to hop? A one. I crit myself. <laughs> oh okay. no! Yeah, you didn't even think of looking up. Nope. At, um, in the crow's nest, you're like, yeah, she's little. She likes to stay down low, right? Uh, I'm looking for Lottie, but I'm just like you're looking no behind way like she barrels. Be above me, yeah. <laughs> I asked so. Robbie to like look for Lottie for me. He opens a teapot. <laughs> Oh, they. That's my decision to make. Nope. <laughs> Robbie, it's mine. Hey, uh, boss, it's pretty. It's pretty cold out here, right? It's um. I should have brought some warmer clothes, huh? This is Robbie. <laughs> uh, Robbie, I, I'm pretty sure I asked you uh, if you had a jacket, and you said yes. Um, so. <laughs> why you're standing in front of me in a tank yeah, top but... is out of my control honestly 
I mean, yes, I do have a jacket. It's at my mom's house, though. Ah. I, mean, I didn't know I needed to get it. Okay. There are some blankets in my office. Go curl up under those. We'll get you a jacket at the next port. Oh, okay. <laughs> he runs off and goes to get a blanket. He comes back and he's got like the biggest, fluffiest blanket that you've got. Yes. From probably your favorite blanket. Um, yes. From your oh my captain's God, so quarters. Robbie. Oh my <laughs> it's God. Okay. Like it's, I'm literally dying right now because that is exactly something that Robbie would do. It would be my favorite blanket. And he would show up in a fucking tank top, even though it's winter. Go look at the picture I just sent to you, too, because he's wearing a tank top in that picture. He was so wearing funny. a tank top when I met him. <laughs> I know. I fucking can't right now. God, I've never, so funny. I've yes. never met Robbie. Any. Uh, uh, resemblance to anyone real or imaginary is uh, completely coincidental. Uh, <laughs> this is a work of fiction. I love it so much. That's very funny. Anyway, so uh, I'm sure the blanket is most likely like white and fluffy, and he comes out like just adorned in it. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. I reach out like I'm gonna take it away because I'm upset, and it's like. Ah. It's at this point that you feel the ship, uh, it it feels like the ship hit something, but- Do I like fall off the mast? (laughs) It was hit from the side. Uh, you know what? I'll be nice. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. That's my favorite. I am proficient in that shit. Just don't roll a one. I've been looking for her forever. I would like to comically do that, like, uh, slapstick in a hammock getting disturbed situation, and then just yeah, where, like, roll out of the hammock. And... That <laughs> yeah. works. I'll allow it. That's a 23. Period. Yeah, you, you didn't even feel a ship shake. Um, <laughs> Maybe you did a sweet flip and landed back where you were. Malekith would definitely uh, shoot up to the deck at this point uh, if uh, they felt that. Fast like a snake. You know how fast snakes get sometimes? Like that one um, BBC Earth. Can we not? Planet Earth thing. Just, can we not? <laughs> you know when the snakes stop, were chasing stop, that stop, lizard? Stop, stop, Dude, stop, stop. That's not cool. You're I remember crazy. I would turn that off when we visited Nicole. You're an asshole. This is the spider's, like emotionality all over again except with this, this is actual genuine fear <laughs> no well You're let's fine. take let's take your mind off of it you look straight down lottie and you see there are a bunch of waves lapping up against the ship isn't that natural <laughs> it looks like there might be some flotsam or jetsam in them and it looks like they might be moving unnaturally okay so i'm going to yell out to iris and i'm gonna say hey there's a whole bunch of stuff out (laughs) in in the water next to the boat on the sides might want to check that out oh yeah Um, i'm gonna say gonna make my way down the mast okay I'm going to say that uh, Iris reacts basically like um, Captain Amelia in Treasure Planet, if anyone has ever seen her. That's basically her whole vibe. So she starts, like, running through the thing, and she's like, Fatten the hatches, you! 
I should have looked up ship terms before I did this. Get on the sail. Run up the poles. There's a thing called a jib. jib. There's the jib a... needs something done with it. Do the thing to the jib. Are the waves <laughs> happening both starboard and port? Yeah, that's another thing. Port and starboard. Yes, bow they and are. stern. Yeah, they're yeah. on the port and starboard sides of the bow of the ship. Look. And this is a ship that has a crew of about 30 people, by the way, uh, for those listeners at home who may be wondering how large the ship is. It is a pretty big ship. Is it a 10 galleon? That was a joke. The stat block just says sailing ship, unless you were making a 10 gallon hat joke. Well, it was more like... Slash galleon. Yeah, galleon. Anyway. Yes. A galleon is the type of sailing ship. It's like... The Do you more... not remember in season one when I perfectly said the yes. name of the ship? <laughs> yes. That was not just ship. That you named after a bug that literally lasts for like 20 seconds of life. So Yes. <laughs> so anyway, how are you investigating what's going on, everyone? Are you, I guess specifically Iris, are you making your crew look over the edge? Are you sending Charlie to go take a look? Yes. Um, I take Charlie off my shoulder and I uh, kind of, it looks like I just throw him into the air, but he starts to take off and I, uh, I can communicate with my familiar. It's part of my pact of the chain. I can communicate um, and see through their eyes. It's basically warging <laughs> voice of the chain master. So I can communicate with my familiar, uh, talk to them and hear them respond to me. I can also see through their, see what they can see through their eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You throw Charlie off the side of the boat. Uh, (laughs) And you hear a... Ah, shit. Ah. I hate when you do that. Stop it. I had no choice. We're in a a port, man. I need you to go look on the side of the ship. It's Look, it's just water. See? Look, water. Oh, well. Well, that's not water. Um, (laughs) And you see some suits of armor, it looks like, in the water. And some tridents. Are these like mer people? There are no people. You just see suits of armor and tridents kind of floating on the top of the water. Can I roll as Iris a history to see if I know anything about like tridents, armor, invisible people with tridents, like mer people? Like, is this something that I've ever heard of in yes, my please. world? Uh, please roll me a, a history. I'll let you do it with advantage since you um, you are basically the empress of the Southern Sea. That's good because that was a four. Uh, mm-hmm. Eighteen plus zero, eighteen. Can I roll to detect magic to see if this is any kind of chicanery? Yes. Oh my god, I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> it like never gets used and I love that word. Okay, so I need to roll a d20 for detect magic. That would be a 14. But do I have any... Would I have any modifiers for that? Arcana is uh, intelligence. Intelligence. So, yeah, that's a plus two, so that makes it a 16. Okay. There's something elemental happening here. Mm. Which jives with what Iris recognizes about what's happening. These are 
Myrmidons. Water elemental Myrmidons. They're basically elementals that are chained to suits of armor Mm. and weapons. They're summoned, and then they are brought to life to follow commands, basically. So you've run into them a few times, but looking through Charlie's eyes, you see that there are five suits of armor in the water right now. So there are at least five Myrmidons down there. Mm -hmm. So everyone roll initiative for me. How's that? That sounds good. Okay. This is where I hate you, Nathan, and I know you did this on purpose because now I can't use my sneak attack bonus because they're not within five feet of anybody. Mm, no, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. You're you're halfway down the mast, by the way, Lottie. I have a feet called second story that allows me to climb to jump up out and, of second story windows. No, to climb up and down things without. Uh, there's no limit to it. I can climb as fast or, or down as fast as I want. That's wild. Okay. There's some limit. Like, you can't uh, do it's it, like, like no, 200 it's like feet. Level, it's like a level 18 or 17 or something feet that it says I don't expend. I literally, there's no limit. I can climb as fast as I want. No movement. That's scary. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're a spider. Uh, my initiative is 22. Um, mine is 17. Well, I have a, I have an initiative score of seven and I rolled a 17. So it'd be 17 plus seven. So, so you be, add seven. Yeah. Oh, 24. 24. There we go. There you go. Uh, Twiggy. I am at 14. And Iris. Also a 14. Who's got the higher decks? Plus three. Plus two. Okay. So, Nate, and I'm going to roll for the crew. Yes. I want to remind you that I also get a turn in the first round uh, before anyone that rolled a 12 or lower. It, you will remember go that. Yeah, it's before the crew. It's you and me, kiddo. I go, then <laughs> you go. Yes. So, Malakav, you will be first in initiative. Let me describe the main deck of the boat a little more, too. Mm-hmm. So on the main deck, there's a mangonel, which is basically a siege weapon for throwing stones. So there are two staircases that go up to the quarter deck and the forecastle. I know all of these terms because I am looking at a very nice diagram here. But on the forecastle, which is on the bow of the boat, there is also a ballista that can be used to defend with 10 ballista bolts as ammunition. So you have those at your disposal as well. Okay. If you think about it, the, the main deck sits 20 feet by uh, 40 feet, uh, the main portion of the deck and then the staircases go up and it's 20 feet by 20 feet on either end. Okay. And there is nothing currently on the ship right now. You haven't actually heard anything from anyone, but you know that there are elementals around. Yes. Okay. I only know that they're elementals, right? I do not know what type. Yeah. Okay. You could deduce that it's either air or water Mm -hmm. because 
of where you are. Right, but I wouldn't know that they are like a summoned elemental. Yeah, versus a natural elemental. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would um, go to the side of the boat and let's cast um, Control Water. Okay. Let's see. Ooh. Ooh. That is a... By the way, don't forget you have hero points that you could use if you need to. Yes. Yep. Um. Okay, so... Did we talk about how you earn hero points back? We have not. When you do cool stuff, I give you hero points if you've got space in your pool, basically. So what I would do... So I have a 13 plus 2, making it a 15. I want to use two hero points make that a 17 okay for the for the casting of control water okay so how do you want to control the water you can flood part redirect cause a whirlpool i want to cause a whirlpool to draw the elementals into away from the boat okay um wouldn't that have been a 19 yeah i was gonna say i thought one hero hero point is plus two yeah yeah (laughs) oh one hero point is plus two yeah, so it would have been a 19. Oh, fucking sweet then. In <laughs> better. <Nice>. Period. <laughs> All right, so I need to have these elementals do some athletics checks <laughs> to try and get away from this. What is your spell save, DC? It'll be 8 plus wisdom plus your proficiency bonus. Wisdom modifier. So my proficiency bonus of plus 6 plus 8 plus... So 15. 15, yeah. What is your spellcasting ability? Is it intelligence or wisdom? I thought it was wisdom for a cleric. When I when I did the uh, detect magic, I was told that it was intelligence, which is a plus two for me. But if it's wisdom, it's a plus one. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, one of them succeeded and two of them failed. <laughs> of the ones that you were able to um, cast it on. What side of the ship are you on? Are you on the port or starboard side? Port side. Port side. All right. Yeah. So you would have gotten three of them in the whirlpool as you cast create water or control water. You see these suits of armor that are basically just kind of being tossed around in the whirlpool that you've created. And you can see their their tridents as well. You can't really make out the elementals itself, but... You do understand now that they are summoned elementals, and they're each going to take 10 damage, the ones that were caught, and 5 for the one that wasn't. Okay. Well, if I now know that they are a summoned elemental, I would be... I would let the, I would let the rest of the... I would... Hey! Uh, these, are, these are summoners. They were... They're tools. They aren't... They don't have will of their own. Nice. Good to know. So those creatures, so long as you keep that concentration, they're going to be caught in that whirlpool, uh, and they will continue to take that 2d8 damage until they are able to get free. Next, we are going to have Lottie. It is your your first turn of this turn. There are two other... There's five total, you said? Yes. And there's two... The three of them are on the port side that are caught in the whirlpool. and Two of them are in the whirlpool. One of them 
Uh, okay, and then there are two on the starboard. Yes, correct. Okay, now I'm going to paint a picture of what I want to do. I would like to grab a rope that is that I know is attached to the ship. Right? Hear me out. And I want to, uh, using my acrobatic skills, I want mm -hmm. to like kind of run and jump and swing along the side of the boat to slash at one of them with my sword and then swing back up onto the boat. Okay. Do you have proficiency in... Acrobatics? No, sea vehicles. In sea vehicles? Yes. No. Okay. Roll me a... Uh, I'm going to say a straight-up intelligence roll. Intelligence? Okay. Yeah. To see if you know which of these ropes are securely attached I get and where would support I get your where weight. I get where you're going with that. I that's fair. <laughs> 17. Okay, you're able to find a rope that is secured, and I will allow you to do this to make a uh, melee attack. Okay, so... Because you've got your arm on one, you can only do a single attack. Yeah, so can this be considered a sneak attack as well, because they don't see it coming? Reaching. <laughs> Odds are evens. Even. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the that's elemental okay. that's closest to you kind of sees you swing down. What's 18 plus 14? 30? That's enough. <laughs> 32. Uh, yeah, you, oh, 32. You hit it. I'm stupid. And what are you attacking with? Your plus 3 short sword? Yeah. Um. So that's 13 damage. As you get closer to the elemental, you can kind of see this suit of armor kind of raise up out of the, the water, and it, you can see that it's holding a trident. And it's a vaguely humanoid shape, but it's completely water. And it's confused, but it knows you're coming, and you, you strike it. And for a second, you, your blade makes purchase on some of this water, and you feel it give resistance unlike normal water would and and then i swing back up on the boat you swing back up on the boat <laughs> that should be viscous yeah <laughs> and i stick to the superhero landing <laughs> yes so twiggy it is your turn my turn okay um how far away am i from the closest water elemental myrmidon thingy from where you were hanging <laughs> as you were you would probably be about 20 feet away you'd have to go up some steps but you'd be about 20 feet away okay at least from being able to see them because they are down in the water i cannot see them is what you're saying no you can't see them from where you are on the deck uh. but you did hear malekith shout out that there are summoned elementals about okay so last we checked in with twiggy the boat got hit they comedically fell out of their hammock so then uh, i hear malaketh yell out that there are elementals and i'd like to go 
Oh, shit. Not again. <laughs> and, uh... I don't really have anything for things like... I don't, I don't know if I could use this if I can't see it. There are the siege weapons on board as well. Um, if you wanted to try and do anything with those, you can get yourself in a better position to do something once they engage. They haven't really engaged yet. They're a little slow, it seems. The the cold, cold waters of the Illusian Ocean. Okay. I guess just, like, move to kind of cover and prepare an action? You can ready an action. What do you want to ready? Arcane Sword. Seventh level spell. Okay. So you're, what? what is the trigger for this if something gets close to you? Yes. Oh, and I would like to use my, uh, I'd like to use a bonus action to grant Bardic Inspiration to, uh, who didn't go? Uh, Iris. Ooh, thank you. Okay, what's your Bardic Inspiration? You get to add a d12 to one of your ro- your rolls, if you choose to. Yep. Damn. Good night. So, that will bring us to, actually, Iris's turn. Iris, what would you like to do? Woof, okay. So there are uh, some of the elementals that I can see. Uh, we said three of them are in a whirlpool, yeah? So two of them got caught by the whirlpool and are still currently in it. One of them was able okay. to escape the whirlpool but took five points of damage. Got yeah. it. And how many... So right now there's, like, three including the one that got free, like three left mm-hmm. on that side? No, so, yeah, so two of them are stuck in the whirlpool, though, and will be held there as long mm-hmm. as I hold my concentration. So there's three on the port side, two are in the whirlpool, okay. and there's two on starboard side. One was just struck by Lolly's um, so, short sword. Lottie. Lottie. L- not Lolly. <laughs> Lottie's short sword. Okay, got it. So uh, on the side where Lottie just tried to attack, I'm going to use... Yeah, you see her swinging all over your boat. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> Rolling up great. She's tangling shit. Also, this is the first time that you've seen her since you've been looking for her. That's just true. funny. <laughs> just a true. point of order. Just, I've been looking in. for her, like, super low behind crates and stuff, and she comes swinging <laughs> through the air. Uh, 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 uh. I, that was, like, what I was picturing in my head was, like, an Errol Flynn... Like Tarzan slash Pirates of the Caribbean moment there. There you go. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to use uh, one of my spell slots, which is important because I only have four. Um, and I'm going to cast, uh, I'm not going to use the full name because trademark, but I'm going to cast Black Tentacles. And basically... I can read the full thing if that is easiest no, I know what it for does. you. Okay. No. Describe it. Okay, so basically black tentacles come up out of the water and wrap around the elementals. Okay. What is your spell save DC? My spell save DC is 19. 19, 19, 19. Okay, so you're aiming for the two on the starboard side then? Yes. Okay. So your these inky black tentacles kind of fly from your hand, I imagine. What is your spellcasting focus? Did we talk about that? My focus is one of my swords, I think. Oh, said. right. All right. So you poke, you, you you draw your scimitar and you 
point it out towards the ocean. And as you point, uh, this inky black mass comes out of the scimitar from the tip and just it lands huh, just the tip. Um, and it comes out and it lands in the water as it hits, it kind of like explodes into this writhing mass of these tentacles. Both of the elementals on this side have been captured in it. And so they will take full damage. Yeah, this is a fourth level spell, but I'm casting it at fifth level. Yep, so 3d6. But they also are restrained. Mm-hmm. Attack rolls have advantage, and their attack rolls have disadvantage. And they have disadvantage on dexterity saving house. Okay, so roll the 3d6. Let me know how much damage we got. Can I add the bardic inspiration to my damage roll? No, you cannot. Stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just for uh, attack rolls, da- um, ability checks, and saving throws. 13 is the damage. Okay. So that will be your turn. Do you want to move anywhere? Do you want to tell Charlie to do anything? I want to tell Charlie to go up to uh, the crow's nest, which is very funny. Because um, he's a parent. <laughs> And I need him to go up to the crow's nest, keep an eye out, but also, like, stay safe. I'll do my best. Seriously, Charlie, if you die, I kill myself. Stay safe up there. You know this. This is our pact. You know I come (laughs) back, right? Doesn't matter. Squawk. Bye. Squawk. Worth it. (laughs) Love Charlie. So you see Charlie up on the, uh, the, the tip of the mast now. And that will bring us to Lottie's second turn. Yeah, I forgot about that for a second. So you have just swung through the air. You see, you, you, as you were swinging through the air, you saw this like mass of black tentacles fly through the air. You see Twiggy kind of getting in position, doing some sort of like Doctor Strange type thing. Love <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, Malaketh is making whirlpools. I've been. You, yeah, you just vibing. <laughs> you can now see the whirlpool having swung to the other side. I imagine you went from the uh, yeah, stern to the bow. Yeah. So you can see that four of the five elementals have been restrained. There is one that has not been restrained. So with the other elemental escaping the whirlpool, it escaped the whirlpool, but how close is it to the ship? It's not far away from the ship, I'll say. It's about... 10 feet away from the ship. Okay. So there's still one in the whirlpool? There's there two, two in the whirlpool. whirlpool. One two. is free and two in the tentacle mass. I'm going to fire a short bow arrow at the one in the whirlpool. Oh, that's right. You landed back on the boat. I forgot. I, I was did. like, you can't use a bow with one hand. Um, no, I put the I put the rope in my teeth, and I was like, <laughs> "Can you imagine?" Um, Those are some strong no, I, jaws. Uh... <laughs> Your dentist must hate I, uh... you. <laughs> let's let's do yeah, let's do that. Let's just fire. I can't do much of. I am. This is not the combat that rogues are good at. Yeah, so I'm just going to fire at them with my short bow. Okay. Specifically, one of the ones in the whirlpool. Okay. Because that's like about all I can friggin' do. 
is an 18 hit. Meets it beats. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Their AC is 18. That is six damage. Six damage. Excellent. Good. Yes. Okay, now it is the water elemental's turn. The two in the whirlpool are going to try to free themselves. That's a failure. Hex. And that's a failure. Yeah! (laughs) Fuck you! hexing it while you're like hexing his dice like sending out those vibes like your rolls are gonna fail motherfucker (laughs) fuck your saving rolls yeah they both take damage because of that Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) so both of them take damage now I need to do saving throws for the tentacles can we talk about how funny it is that water elementals are essentially drowning in a whirlpool right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're getting knocked around. I imagine they're like knocking into each other. Oh, yeah. And so the ones in the tentacles also do not free themselves. So I will just roll damage for them. So they each take nine damage. So then the fifth elemental because it's not restrained, is going to... It kind of backs down into the water you see for a second, and then it kind of shoots up, kind of like a cannon, and just lands on the deck of the ship. Yes! Yes! This is where I shine. Very close to where Twiggy is, actually. Does this elemental, like, do I need to go ham on it, or...? the elemental doesn't look to be threatening it's not in like a an attack stance i'll say oh my god did we just attack a group of people that were like not gonna oh no they were attacking the boat (laughs) he can say roll for initiative so that's like automatic response to combat well it's also a nice little way to figure out exactly how you all handle things in order. Okay, so is... Oh, wait. Never mind. It's not my turn. So yeah, the the elemental is not in an attack stance, you see. Do you speak um, gnomish, Twiggy? I have a first level comprehending languages spell. You didn't pop it off, though, did you? No. Okay. You hear what sounds like a drowning gnome talking to you but you don't understand what they're saying i'll let you take a free action to talk to it if you want but i don't speak no that doesn't mean it doesn't speak common that's fair <laughs> i guess yeah i guess that's true um so i i hear it talking in another language i put my my spell away and i say hey you speak common? <laughs> oh my god. You hear a sound of like crashing waves and like sea mist instead in return. It kind of plonks its trident on the ship. So it like kind of taps the trident on the ship. But not attack. Not attack. I don't like that tapping. So that's a no then. <laughs> not on my ship <laughs> not on my ship 
We just clean up water. <laughs> okay, at this point, that is the water elemental's turn. They've all have gone, and now it's the crew's turn. Oh no, not the crew. <laughs> yes, the crew, that's why I have them. Iris, what would your crew do in this situation? I didn't realize I ha- I had to go. <laughs> with the well, I mean, just a general I misunderstood. like. You, you're the you're the captain. What is your like general modus operandi for this type of thing on the if Sapphire I Dream? Were a ship captain. Probably <laughs> wait for their orders from their captain, right? Was I well? I'm saying if I were a ship captain, what would mm-hmm. I? Tell my crew to do in a crisis. This is fun. I would say that I would have some of them, I guess, go below and, like, start to get provisions ready in case we need to, like, get off of this ship. Or if we are thrown off of this ship, um, I would assume we have some sort of floating material and or, like, lifeboat situations. Little, you know, dinghy boats. So whatever needs to be done to get those ready, I guess, uh, would be what some of them are doing. And then I would say a good amount of them probably attack this okay. thing that has gotten on the ship. So you're... I'm a say, pirate, Justin. So about a third of the crew takes to attacking this water elemental that has just come up on the ship. And they do that. All of them miss. <laughs> They're all kind of terrified. Uh, I just did one roll for all of them, and it wasn't high enough for my arbitrary... That's not fair. One roll for, like, 15 people? Ten. Still seems... In, uh, the crew sparse. are commoners. Oh, that's fair. Oh, in right. the, their, their stat blocks are commoners. Minions. Minions. But it does not appear that the elemental is moving to retaliate. Which is going to bring us back to the top of the order with Malaketh. What'd you like to do, Snake? Snake. I was going to say Snake Boy, but then you use you know they them pronouns, so I can't exactly do that. What are you doing, Uh-oh. Snake Bay? Snake Bay is good. Ah, uh, Snake Bay. There we go. I am got it. Snake got bay. it. Snake Bay. I, you know, would definitely notice the fact that they're not attacking and attempting communication but I don't have any way to fucking communicate um no I have the command spell but I don't could I command him to speak commoner right like could I (laughs) could I command them it's I mean they are an elemental a summoned elemental speaking the language of whomever summoned them, I'm assuming. Is that how that works? What I, I should know how that works. I am a cleric. I learned this in cleric school. Maybe a history <laughs> roll? Yeah, roll me arcana, history, something along those lines. So let's roll. <sighs> that would be a four. Nope. <laughs> So nope, I know they don't nothing. remember. <laughs> I don't remember shit. Okay. Oh, I should have been drunk that day. Ah. You're you're kind of shocked from the cold, the cold air out mm-hmm. from below deck, and it, you're 
your snake brain isn't working as quick as it usually does. <laughs> your snake brain. Spray. Captain, do you know anything? This thing is trying to communicate. It's not attacking. Uh, I would imagine it's on my boat, so it's attacking. I mean, like, I, I'm not, you expect me to just stand back and let these elementals run the ship? What are you, what exactly are, is they're your not, plan here? They're not running the ship. We have the majority of them captured. If this one is trying to communicate with us, we could maybe figure out their actual goal. And that's when I shout out, hey, how do you speak gnome? I was going to say, in a crew of 30, one of them's got to speak gnome. Does anyone respond, Nathan? Wouldn't you know it? There is one person who speaks now. Oi, you! To the front! Praise. They, uh, they sheepishly come up to the front and <laughs> stand in front of this elemental that kind of towers above them. <laughs> and it does its gnome drowning sounds again. And the uh, the crewmate looks back and says, uh, they say they're here to escort us to to Don Ankmil. Is that where we were going, sidebar? Yes, that is where you were going. Okay. <laughs> do you all drop concentration on the uh, tentacles and whirlpool? I absolutely do. <laughs> okay. Yes. The uh, other elementals get up onto the, the boat and they... Um, they don't seem perturbed by what happened. And as soon as they are on the boat, you see that there is a spot where the mist and fog parts, and you can see the shore of this um, icy continent of Eluz. And you see off in the distance, you see a, um, a settlement, which you can assume is Don Ankmil. I'm going to go, I guess my... I'm assuming my crewman is still standing there with this elemental, and I'm going to walk that way and be like, I, I'm not sure what you heard, but I didn't need an escort in uh, grade eight, and I don't need an escort now. So who exactly sent you here? Hey, those water elementals are on the ship. What? Those water elementals are on the ship. This is Charlie. Charlie. I know. I know, Charlie. We asked him to come. Charlie. Come here. Now. Okay. One. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, who sent you here? The elemental gargles and garbles its reply to your crewmate. And it says, it says they are sent by Captain... Lawrence Blastburn the fourth? I'm sorry. Before Emily laughs at it, does does Iris know who that is? That is who contracted you all to get here. Got it. Wait, Lawrence Blast Lawrence Blast Blastburn. Blastburn the fourth. The fourth. <laughs> there are three other motherfuckers with that name. <laughs> Lawrence Blastburn? Blastburn. Like Cyburn? Okay. <laughs> Have I... I'm, I'm assuming we've met this Captain Lawrence before. No. Um, no, no, we've just been contracted by him. Mm-hmm. Do I know anything about them? 
Uh, no, you don't. You just uh, got info for a job, and it uh, is very good pay to get you off of your most recent tour with the rest of the giant spiders from Tor. <laughs> so you were actually doing your Torin tour. <laughs> Going to Don Muldor. Okay. Don Muldor, Torin tour. <laughs> As a... I can't remember if it's a rogue trait or a... I, oh, it's a, a criminal background feature. You have a reliable and trustworthy contact who acts as your liaison to a network of other criminals. You know how to get messages to and from your contact, even over great distances. Specifically, you know the local messengers, corrupt caravan masters, and seedy sailors who can deliver messages for you. Have I ever heard of this person? You've heard of them, but you haven't actually met them. That's what I meant to say. Never seen them. them. Yeah, you've heard of them. They're not like a seedy character. They're, from what you know, well, roll me a history. We're playing D&D. Why the heck not? I hate you. Three. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, you know the name, but not much else. I feel like that's probably how Emily and I know each other, uh, Iris and I know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's a pirate and... You've heard their names in passing, each other's names in passing. Oh, for sure, for sure. So you dock at a small, measly dock on the uh, the shore of the continent, and your crew starts unloading stuff and getting carts all... Can I say, as soon as we dock, um, I'm going to whisper to Charlie and say, go ahead and uh, get a bird's eye view and uh, go ahead and you know, check that's around. that's my favorite joke. It's my I favorite. Know. I know. I know, it's so good. This is why I stick around. I know, I love you. Okay, go <laughs> and fly around and see if you uh, can see anything that looks a little weird. Let me know. You know, it's real cold in these parts. It would be nice if I had like a sweater or something. You want oh a sweater? God. I can get you a sweater. I didn't know you wanted one. Oh, a little pirate sweater that's so cute. Yeah. I fucking hate birds. I'll see if I can find a sweater in this town. I promise. I'll look for you. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'll just fly around in the cold then. Okay, bye. Yeah, see just this bit. one time. All right. Don't well, be like that. Time, I'll see but... you later. Well. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. This fucking bird. Charlie flies away. Okay. I imagine, like, it's a little sweater like the ones you would put on the little dogs where it has yeah, the like holes the for vest. the wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has yeah. the holes for the wings. <laughs> So Charlie's flying around and says that everything looks pretty peaceful, except for there's some weird stuff on the other end that he can't exactly explain on the far end. Uh, But yeah, the the crew unloads your supplies and you all start trudging along to Donna Ankmil. It's a pretty easy walk to Donna Ankmil and... You get there in, you know, less than an hour. But it's a little slippy, but fortunately you all brought the appropriate gear, I'm sure, for walking on snow and ice. Except for Robbie. Except for Robbie. (laughs) Robbie and his flip-flops have a little bit of trouble. (laughs) You would have made it in like 30 minutes, but... That tracks. Because does flippies. Yeah, you know, these, uh... Wish I had known about boots. I have those too at home. 
yeah, Robbie, I told you to bring them in the letter I sent you when I asked, when I told you about the job. You said you had boots and you had clothes for the winter. I don't know why you thought that we would have time to swing by your house before we got here, but I'm sure you can find a house, like, you can find a store here. I just thought, but anyway. I know. We'll figure it out. So anyway, you arrive at Dononk Mill in not so much record time, thanks to Robbie. And you are greeted with what looks to be dwarven design, which makes sense because this is a Don. D-H-A-N. Don. Ah. Which is basically a dwarven fort. Oh. It's not like a city. It's like one of their outposts or forts. Um, There are a few other notable Dons about, but this is the southernmost Don. And it was abandoned for a while, you know. And now it is run by this Captain Lawrence Blasburn, the fourth. So the Myrmidons, the Elementals, they walk you through the the gates and they lead you all the way up to what must be the Captain's quarters, for lack of a better term. They just wait outside. It looks like you have been... They've done their job and they are now posting up to keep guard. Mm-mm. Do not like this. As I'm walking up to the door, the front door, I instead conjure my mage hand in front of me to knock on it while I'm approaching so I don't have to really do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, you knock on the door. Such a diva. I love that move. I get to the door basically as it opens. <laughs> yep. As you are looking around the camp as well, this repurposed fort, you see that it looks like there's some sort of military encampment here. Things feel like battle-scarred and really heavy, like there's a heaviness in the air and a tension on a lot of the faces of the people running around. There are lots of, like, kegs of gunpowder about. and Treason and plot as well. Yes, gunpowder, treason, and plot. Just buckets of it. Buckets of treason. (laughs) Yeah. But it looks like there have been some breaches in the wall recently that are currently being patched up as well. So there are masons who are working to fill up gaps in the wall on the south side that goes further into Eluz and the wastes beyond. Malekith is definitely taking all of this in. And it's definitely putting them a little bit more on edge as a warrior and officer who has been in many wars. He recognizes this sort of situation and is on high alert. I would say the same for Lottie being just cautious and suspicious about every situation she enters into has also taken stock of everything around her. Mm Mm-hmm. While I notice everything around me with the 22 passive perception, I, I look like I could care less. So. <laughs> this bitch. Let me just casually remind you that I have a 22 passive perception. Thanks. Yeah, Twiggy, I was just about to get to what you see. But seen. I just don't give a shit about any of it, so I'm never going to use it. Like. <laughs> there are a lot, there's a lot of like broken glass, it looks like, from some sort of like ornamental figures on the ground. Like, it's like stained glass, it kind of looks like. If you imagine if you smashed a glass ornament for like a 
holiday tree. There, there's a lots of that sort of debris around. There's some glitter just on the ground, kind of out of nowhere. A lot of it congregates around this hole in the wall, and it looks like there's like food residue at like the corners of the wall, like whipped cream and <laughs> gravy and kinky stuff like that. <laughs> What the f- you also Are notice there? that there are some slender instruments, magical instruments that are kind of making a perimeter around Don Ankmil, and it extends out into the wastes of the tundra beyond. You notice that as you were walking up. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would like to put my arm in front of Robbie as if to, like, mom arm him in front of the broken glass on the ground and go, hey, watch your toes with the flip-flops. Don't get cut. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Thank you. I've got calluses that are so hard and hurt so bad. Literally did not need to know that. Keep I've talking. got a bunion that you should really take a look at. It's Robbie, great. Robbie, 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 <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Remember we, were, we talked about, like, head thoughts and mouth thoughts? You're different. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'll talk later. <laughs> Good job. You just that same fucking conversation. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so Twiggy knocks on the door to the captain's chambers, and uh, you hear a gruff voice from inside say, Enter. Before we enter, can I use. Uh, I have. Um, Eldritch Sight as one of my invocations, which means I can use uh, Detect Magic at will. So I'm gonna, just before we enter, just Detect Magic in general in my area. Don't really want to get booby-trapped. There is so much illusion magic happening right now. Oh, is there now? Woo! Like, that's the the, the overarching thing that's happening. You kind of flick that switch in your brain to like cast a tech thoughts and you're just hit with a wave of illusion magic. Not to take thoughts, to tech magic, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I'm going to say happens is I stand in front of the door. I do detect magic for a second. I like mom, mom or everybody. <laughs> I do detect magic and then I spin around and I'm going to say quick tip before we go in here. Look around. None of this is real. Let's go. And then I go through the door. I didn't say that everything is an illusion. I just said that you sense heavy illusions. <laughs> like none, none of this, of this, is, this real. is real. <laughs> I sense heavy illusion magic. Like none of this is real. That is a... The way she said you... it was the way... You know the way she said it, though. Yeah, yeah, like, it yeah. Was, okay. like, I said it the way she says it. She's being hyperbolic on purpose. Yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> I have like, player knowledge, character knowledge. Enter. Hello? Is anyone there? I say, come on in. I said I go in. Malekith is gonna, like, duck in behind and, like, stay, like, very close to Iris, like, at her shoulder, just behind her. You all enter the chamber, and you are greeted by Captain Lawrence Blasburn IV himself. You know, because it's on a gilded plaque underneath a painting of Captain Lawrence Blastburn IV, and that same creature is standing in front of you. It is a gif 
G-I-F-F. I don't know if you ever encountered a GIF before. I think it's pronounced GIF. A... No, it's GIF. <laughs> I had GIF to do it. Are hippo humanoids? What? Hippo humanoids? What? They are hippo humanoids. That's amazing. I did not know that existed. I love that. I'm sorry. <gasps> oh my god, that's so awesome! Yes. Oh my god. This is. Well, it's about time you all showed up. I was waiting for you for quite some time. Welcome to Dononk Mill. I hope that you can solve our anomaly problem. Y'all, this thing is amazing. How tall is this? Oh my god, so good. Not quite as tall as Malaketh, but like six foot eight, we'll say. Now I understand why he is that bitch with the giant painting with the gelded name of himself behind him. Because that, <laughs> I would do the same damn thing. Yeah. So GIF are, there are bipedal hippos in a sense with the same, you know, proportions and everything. And they can, they've got a lot of weight to throw around, but they mm-hmm. also regale themselves in all of their military attire they have very strong military bonds and this particular gif is big into expeditions so being that he is in his military regalia and Mm -hmm. i am of course in mine what 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 is the relationship of yunti and gif in this in this canon and can I like wit like mm? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how question. to feel about this. Like am I am I, you know, chill with helping this bitch out or am I gonna be asking for some extra money because he have been doing my people wrong? Basically is he wearing a red coat or a blue coat? Like are we mortal enemies? <laughs> right. Um. Like have we have we done battle? Have we been allies? Have we been neutral? Gif and Yuan-Ti probably do not overlap that much in their territory. So you you probably wouldn't have any immediate beef with him. So would it be more just like a, a respect kind of thing? Like, oh, hey, you're, mm-hmm. you are also a punch person. <laughs> you punch also person. like to do war. <laughs> I, see, I see you too do war. Check out all my medals and my epaulets. Yes. So um yeah, he's got tons of medals pinned to his like parka that he's wearing that's also in like a military style. So Twiggy wears a military style costume. It's like a stage costume, but it's um that's so funny. Oh y'all are hella offended now. It's very it's it's very eccentric. So I would like to walk up to him and I would like to kind of just like go, "Oh my God, I love that color scheme. You gotta hook me up with your designer. The designer, my my dear boy. This is this is the the the, the military attire of the of the GIF uh, warriors. I mean, this is this is truly not for one of your stature or your um. <laughs> uh, what do you do again? I lean in and kind of nudge him, and I'm like, every costume designer's got a price, right? Well, and this isn't a costume. Um, I will uh, ignore that for right now. But anyway, like I'm glad to, you're here. I would like to grab 
swinging you by the collar and kind of like scooch them back. Like, <laughs> this is not what we're doing right now. <laughs> no, we're just going to reel it in. Don't insult a soldier, Twiggy. I am very glad that you are here so that we can get this anomaly under control and I can continue training for my campaign. We can't very well get anything under control with no information. What do you have to share with us? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Here, hold... hmm. I'll be right back. And he goes into another side of his chambers he goes behind uh and gets into a closet or wardrobe and he pulls out something that you can't see immediately malekith has like one hand at the ready next to his mace and he says i don't mean to alarm you but this is what we're up against and he slams a snowman head on the table i jump are we talking like giant snowman from frozen thing no, it's a, like a snowman head, like a happy-looking snowman with a carrot and everything. Two coal eyes. Oh, so it's happy-looking. It's not like Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy snowman. <laughs> uh, that's a, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Doctor Who kind of snowman. And he says, this is what we're up against. I hope that I've got the right people on the job. So we're going to fight Olaf? <laughs> like- I look at it and I go, ice? Ice? You called me here to fight ice? All due respect, Captain. That's a snowman. Yes, and this is the most terrifying thing that you'll ever see in your life, soldier, I assure you. As soon as he says that, you hear a crunch because I have taken the carrot nose and I have taken a bite from the carrot. Oh my god. Well, anyway, on that note, <laughs> that is where we're going to end this episode. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Village Idiots podcast. I hope you had a great time listening. I had a great time DMing, and I hope my players had a great time playing. Yeah. At the end of every episode, I name a village idiot, and... Man, I don't know who the village idiot is going to be. I think it's probably going to be me. I don't know why, but I'll come up with it next episode. Justin just ate the carrot off the snowman face. How is yeah, that not... That, that, that doesn't have any big consequences or anything. Yeah, I should get inspiration for that. That was great. Yeah, you know what? Sure, go ahead. You got inspiration. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, I'll say I'm the village idiot because, you know, it's hard to really fuck up in the first episode. So I'm the village idiot this week. But yeah, if you want to dispute that fact, you can reach out to us on social media, right, Nicole? You can. You can find us on Twitter at Village Idiot Pod. You can also talk to me personally at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JRoma20. I'm at Neurotic Good. You can find me at Village Idiots DM. You can find me at AU-plated garbage, as in golden-plated garbage, because I'm trash. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything that you would like to plug for our listeners if they want to find you anywhere else, Dawson? Um, Yeah, so if you are, you know, adult people, 
and you are, you know, looking for things that you might have missed out on in sex ed, which is, let's face it, severely lacking in this country, or just looking for a little bit of education on kink and things like that, um, I will be starting a podcast with one of my partners pretty soon called Sex with Vex, where we discuss loads of different topics, everything from virginity to ball gags and everything in between. So hopefully we'll see you there. And I'm glad we're under the explicit tag. <laughs> spectrum. That spectrum is amazing. Oh, I love it. Spectrum. Yes. That's a Venn diagram with a lot of crossover. <laughs> I think you pronounced circle wrong. Nice. Uh. We as the Village Idiots, also have a website that you can visit. It's villageidiotspodcast.com. Lots of cool stuff up there like our artwork, the About Me section, different links. My favorite link is to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more from your favorite idiots? Well, you're in luck because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights with Nathan and behind the screens, listen to Nicole and I BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. Yes, please stay tuned so we can figure out what the hell's up with these snowmen. And why they're so dang scary, darn it. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Yes. So anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you tune in next week when we are back for winter episode part two, 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 two. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.